Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm chatting with Emily Goff. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. Emily is back on the podcast for her second time. Um, She was on last year in March, and that is episode 131, if you guys are interested in tuning in. That episode, we chatted a little bit more about nutrition. Today, we're diving into social media and anxiety and how to really be more present in your life. And we really dove into social media. I haven't really talked to a ton about it, but I feel like this is a great conversation to have because it really is so important for us to kind of have boundaries around it and um, figure out maybe a little bit deeper connection with ourselves and how to do that by maybe releasing some of these um, rules that we put onto our lives from social media. So that's what we chat about today. It's really good. Um, Tune in and I'm trying to keep them around 30 to 40 minutes this year and hopefully so far so good. Um, But I will be back again in a couple of weeks with another fabulous guest. So without further ado, here is Emily and I. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I am super excited today. I have Emily Goff on with me and um, we are going to chat a little bit about anxiety, mindset, fitness lifestyle, and um, wherever else our conversation takes us. So I'm going to kind of throw it over to you, Emily, and um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, And then kind of, I also want to know about your transition from your corporate gig to now running your own business. So all of those fun things and a little intro. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited. This is my second time on uh, here with you. And I just always love chatting with you and getting to catch up. We were just chatting for like half an hour beforehand. It was such a good talk. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So I'm Emily. I am a a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach. Um, I'm also a podcasting coach as well. So I'm helping people to get their podcasts uh, finally launched and up and off the ground because honestly, I feel like 2019 is the year of the podcast. Like it's just exploding and uh, it's crazy. And, And I just feel like there's a huge hole in the market because there's so many people I'm talking to who are really interested in this and they, they aren't sure where to start. So that's sort of a new strand of, of what I'm doing. Um, Oh gosh, I don't know where to start. So (laughs) basically I, I started as a personal trainer while I was in the same job, uh, same corporate job for 11 years. And, but I was getting bored with it. So while I was still there, Um, I went and got certified as a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. I was teaching boot camp classes and I just really felt like the nutrition piece was the part of the puzzle that was missing for a lot of people. And I knew that I didn't want to quite go the the total conventional route. I wanted to kind of go a little bit deeper um, than that in a different way. So I went to school to become a holistic nutritionist, which sort of looks at everything um, as a whole, like mind, body, spirit, that whole type of uh, situation. And I ended up leaving my corporate job um, after 11 years in, back in, in May of 2018. And I've been full-time uh, online entrepreneur ever since, and I love it. It's amazing. Uh, I, have, I have my own podcast as well, which you have also been on, um, Room to Grow, and I'm just having a lot, of, a lot of fun with it, but it's definitely been a really interesting transition, and I can honestly say that I feel like I've learned more about myself in the past year than I likely ever have up to this point. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. It's so true <laughs> though. When you have your own business, you're like, I look at every single area of myself to see yes. what I can work on. <laughs> it is not an underestimation when we say that, that's for sure. <laughs> oh. So if someone's listening, they're like, wow, like that's really awesome that you kind of made that switch. Um, especially from 11 years of just like, you know, the same job. And what tips would you have for someone who's kind of working or thinking about maybe making that jump? Mm. Um, first, I don't, I, I hear a lot of advice out there about like, oh, just quit your job. Don't yeah. just quit your job. <laughs> there needs to be more in place than that. Um, you do need to have a bit of a plan because the other thing is that, um, there are very few people in this world who quit their job and magically create a business overnight. Like we might hear about somebody who went viral or something like that. And that's like a one-time thing for most people. We need to have more of a plan. So if, if you are planning on uh, not just switching jobs, but actually becoming a full-time entrepreneur, you need to be building up on your business on the side before you ever get around to quitting your job. So I had already been building up my business for at least a year, a year and a half, I guess, a year and a half before I quit. And I had saved up like a few months worth of uh, expenses as well, because that's the other thing, running a business is not free. Like there are just expenses that are naturally associated with it. And I think it's really important to come up with a plan uh, around that. The other thing is really getting the support of your loved ones to some degree as well, especially if you have a spouse, um, I'm really lucky my partner was and continues to be just incredibly supportive of this. And it's not a small change. Like it's a big deal to quit your full-time job, your health benefits, all of those, all of those different things play a huge role. And they're all things that you have to factor into your decision. So just really um, getting clear on what you want and figuring out how to make it work. Because if you don't like your job, and I, I would cry in the bathroom at my other job. Like I was just, I was miserable. And there's nothing wrong with the job. That's the thing. It was a great job. It was a great place to work. There were amazing people there, but I was just miserable because I, I knew that there was more that I, I needed to be doing that I wanted to be doing and it wasn't there. So that was when I, I was getting to the point where I knew that I really had to, had to find a way out. But it was anxiety inducing, that's for sure, because I just wrestled with the decision for so long. And when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to be the right time. But at some point you have to take the leap. Just make sure that you have built yourself a bit of a net. I, again, I'm all for like taking the leap when you don't feel quite ready, but you have to have some sort of, you know, a little bit of a cushion or a plan in place there before you do it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I know when I made the switch, I had um, I pretty much had to get, I forced into it by my boss. Cause he's like, you can't keep, you know, doing both jobs because it's just wearing you out. And, um, I had told him, I was like, okay, like at that point, my income that I was making from my, my business almost equaled what I was making from where I was working at the soccer Academy. And so I knew, okay, this is the time I can make the switch. Um, and I told him, great, I'm gone. But I don't think if my income wouldn't have been where it was, I would have felt comfortable making that switch. Um, I just knew, okay, if I have more hours in my day to train clients, I can get more clients. And sometimes that's kind of the, 
um, thing that people look at too, or remember to look at is that financial piece to see, okay, where am I at? What do I absolutely need? And budgeting and making sure you really look at those numbers. Cause I think sometimes where people get in trouble is if they don't look at the numbers or just think that it will just magically clear up or you'll do it. Um, after you leave, just make sure you kind of have that idea in the back of your head before you maybe make that leap. Yeah. Those numbers are really important for sure. Like we have to get clear on that. And, and if the numbers scare you, then you're probably not ready to make the leap anyway. So yes. you have to be able to sit down, look at the numbers and to be really honest about where you're at currently and where you want things to go and, you know, build yourself a little bit of an emergency something like this is, this is real life, right? Like things can go wrong unexpectedly yes. and we, we need to have some sort of preparation in place for that, especially when you're just starting out on your own full time. Yes. Uh, so with that, um, obviously starting your own business that can bring up some like anxiety and issues like that. I know that, um, you personally, you know, had a little bit anxiety issues or, you know, felt that pressure from it. What tips do you have for people who maybe be like, okay, I really, I have a lot of anxiety, maybe not even just run, about running a business, but just in their life in general and are just feeling a little anxious nowadays. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I never thought of myself as an anxious person. And it wasn't until I started seeing a counselor um, in about, about a year ago. I'd seen a counselor before, but never, never on a regular basis usually. And I also never really connected with my previous counselors. This one I have kept up on a regular basis and uh, she's just a really, really good fit. And she kind of helped me to see that me feeling overwhelmed basically all the time, it wasn't just because I was working a corporate job and running a business. Like it, it went deeper than that. And I was actually dealing with some anxiety issues. And one of the things that she taught me that I have uh, kind of used with other people, and I'm, I'm not a mental health professional, but I find this to be a really interesting uh, tool that just about anybody can use, is figuring out where your stress and overwhelm and anxiety is manifesting in your body. So doing a quick mental scan and just noticing areas that are, you'll hear this in, in, in yoga, like Andrea, you would certainly uh, know this as well, you know, looking for areas that are really tight or something like that, that can be a sign of the, the anxiety manifesting. For me, it's my stomach. So if I'm anxious, my stomach is in knots, but it can look a little bit different. It can be in your hips. Maybe some people will clench their jaw and they don't notice it. Um, maybe clenching your fist, a tightness in your chest. There are all kinds of different ways where this can come about and identifying it is really one of the root, uh, the, the root issues because once you notice it, then you can actually start to do something about it. The, the other thing is too, is that I think that we need to um, start figuring out how to handle it and how, you know, what, what is it that is making us stressed and anxious? Like what is causing this to happen? And a lot of times we will think that we aren't that stressed. I find people tend to swing one way or the other. They either feel like they're ridiculously over the top stressed all the time or they will tell people that they aren't very stressed at all. But when you start to peel back some layers, you realize that they're actually under significant pressure and that they're, they're buckling under the weight of it. So we have to, first of all, get really honest with ourselves. Like if we're stressed, it's okay to be stressed. You know, there are ways that we can combat that, but we can't do anything about it if we're not even acknowledging it. 
So we need to get really honest about that. Look at some of the ways that uh, our lives could be causing us stress and what can we do to change that. So things like, like movement, like going for walks, deep breaths, we tend to all breathe very shallowly, especially because so many of us are sitting all the time. It sort of almost like cuts things off a little bit. So standing up, taking a few deep breaths, especially right before you eat, that can be awesome for digestion as well. Um, journaling has been immensely helpful for me. Something that I actually like doing, especially if I'm feeling particularly anxious or overwhelmed, is to write everything down that is stressing me out or frustrating me or that I'm angry or upset about on one sheet of paper in my journal or however many sheets you want. <laughs> it doesn't have to just be one. And then turn that page over and write down reasons why you are grateful for each one of those shitty things that's happening. Mm -hmm. So that way you really start to shift your perspective and it becomes a practice. So it's a different type of gratitude journaling that can be really, really helpful. And I still continue to be shocked sometimes at what flows out of my pen when I just let myself write without overthinking it. When, when you just let everything come out of your pen and don't, I always tell people, don't, don't lie to your journal. <laughs> don't hold back. You got to get it all out for the full kind of release of it. And then you can start to shift your perspective around it. And I have found that to be really, really, really helpful. Mm, that's a really good idea. And I'm a big fan of journaling. So I love that. Um, as you're talking about anxiety, so this is one question I feel like I don't know if I would have known like how this manifested, but like, how does it manifest in the body? Like maybe besides like the clenched fist or the jaw, like what if you're thinking, and maybe someone's listening and they're like, huh, I wonder if I have anxiety. Like, are there some other ways that people can tell that maybe they, they do have some anxiety or they might be a little bit more anxious, but they don't really understand what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously like an actual trained uh, like therapist or, or a psychologist or something would, would certainly be able to answer it better than, than I can. But I think that something I've come to realize is that worrying is normal. Like it is part of being human and we're all going to worry at one point or another. We're all going to have stress in our life at one point or another. That's just, that's natural. I think that where the dividing line is, is if you are worried all the time or a significant amount. Like if you spend a, a large portion of your life being worried or stressed or overwhelmed, that should really be indicative to you that it's, it's becoming kind of more chronic. And that's when things like anxiety can really start to pop up and, and appear. Again, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, trained in that well enough likely to be able to, to answer that quite as, as fully as I would like to but it can definitely, it, it makes a difference. And I do think that the word anxiety gets thrown around more now than it ever yes. did before. So I, I tend to sometimes be hesitant to even use it, but I, I can always use it talking about myself because I know that for me, it really is uh, anxiety and has actually been identified as such by, by a professional. But if, if you're worried about it, I do strongly recommend talking to someone. There are so many different options out there now. Um, there's also like all kinds of free or lower cost options for um, mental health and counseling and stuff like that, that it's, it's hard not to take advantage of it. So I do strongly recommend that, especially when you find somebody that you really click with. That's really going to be the, the key to your success when it comes to um, seeing the benefits from something like therapy. And there are still some, some stigmas around it, not as many as there used to be. 
but I think a lot of people still think like, oh yeah, it's great for someone else, but not for me. And I, I just want to really recommend that you, you give it a shot and you might have to try out a couple different people before you find somebody who's a great fit too, but it can be immensely helpful immensely helpful. You just, you learn so much about yourself that you can then start to transfer into your everyday life and come up with tools that are unique to you as well, because we're all different. So it can help you to really figure out and nail down what is going to work for you when you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious. Mm. And one of the areas, okay, I don't have any research on this. So this is Andrea just throwing this out. (laughs) So I'll just throw that out as my preface. So one of the areas I feel like um, has caused a lot of anxiety uh, buildup is kind of social media and just like that, you know, anxiety that we feel that uh, if you run a business or if you don't, like the pressure to like be on there or constantly be posting or, you know, sharing about your life um, and then just looking at other people's lives and comparing. And I feel like that maybe is where some of the anxiety came from. Again, there's probably studies on this. I did not do any research for this. So this could be a leading contributor. I don't know. But what do you think about that, Emily? Actually, you happen to be totally right. There has been research that has been shown that um, people who use social media more often tend to have higher rates of depression. Mm. And honestly, we are also lonelier than we have ever been. And social media has connected us and there's all kinds of positive things about it. I mean, I, there's, there's amazing things about social media and I'm, I'm grateful that we have it. Um, and I think that it's a really powerful tool to use in our everyday life. But I think that we need to be very heavy with our boundaries around it because I absolutely find that too much social media use makes my anxiety go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like we start falling into those comparison traps and whether it comes to our businesses or our personal lives, like whether you have business or not, there's, there's still that comparison trap factor uh, that can always come up. There's so many different ways that it can contribute in a really negative way. And also means that it's, it's draining our energy. So we're then using our energy for that when we could be spending our energy, you know, preparing a, a really delicious, healthy meal or going for a walk, or spending time in real life with loved ones, all of those things are going to really help lower our anxiety and our stress and to really give us a a mental boost. Whereas scrolling social media for an hour and a half, like what else could we be doing with that time? And, And I'm the first one to acknowledge that I absolutely get sucked into that as well. In fact, you and I were were talking uh, before we jumped on that I just, uh, over this past weekend, I shut off my phone for 48 hours, completely shut it off because I knew that if it was still on, I was still going to be tempted. So I shut it off completely. I think I actually ended up staying off social media for three days. So my phone was off for two, but I didn't actually go back on social media until the third day. And I felt a thousand times better. Not only that, but I always find whenever I take a break from social media, my creativity goes through the roof Mm -hmm. afterwards too. Because you're not stuck in that cycle of looking around at what everybody else is doing and feeling lost in your own message. You and I were talking about that as well, because we've both experienced that where when you're spending too much time looking at what other people are saying, we aren't able to figure out what we're doing with ourselves and our own message. So it's really important to place really heavy boundaries around that and around things like the news as well. The news can just be such a suck on our energy. Um, I I just, I know too many people, my mom included, who like constantly has the news on. I'm like, mom, 
nothing happened since two hours ago. Like it's fine. Oh. <laughs> Just turn off the TV. <laughs> yes. Oh. I know I see that when I, so when I'm out driving early in the morning, okay, this is going to sound like such a creeper right now, but so when I drive, like sometimes people have their windows open and you can see this is early. And I'm like, oh, everyone starts their day by watching the news. I'm like, yes. crazy. I'm like, I, well, I personally, I don't, um, I don't turn the TV on. I usually am in my office journaling. I would like to say I'm meditating. I'm not, I'm journaling primarily <laughs> meditation, take it or leave it some days. Um, and then I like go. So I've, I haven't really connected to what's going on in the world. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I figured if there's anything I'm going to see a client soon. So they'll tell me about it because most likely someone has heard of it. But like, that's where I think that like, sometimes we just are waiting for something to happen. And that is like a form of anxiety where we're just like, just constantly like waiting and waiting. It is. And it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy because we live in a world where unfortunately, you know, at one point or another, yes, inevitably something bad is going to happen. So if we're just constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, we're, we're spending all of our, our energy and stressing over something that is inevitably going to happen, but not necessarily in the way that, that you think it is either. Like it could be something completely different, but, but when you're constantly just, just waiting for that and allowing, I mean, I'll be honest in the last couple of years, I feel like the, the world media has just become a more negative place than ever before, like yeah. for various reasons, but it, more so than I feel ever before in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it's, it has become, and I was always somebody who uh, wanted to make sure that I was on top of things with the news and stuff like that. And the thing is, yes, it's still important to remain an informed citizen, but at the very least place some heavy boundaries around it. Like mm -hmm. you said, you know, if, if it's important enough, somebody's going to tell you. And yeah. if you're coming up on, I don't know, an election or something, take the time to set aside a couple hours and research candidates yeah. or that before you vote or something like that. It doesn't have to mean that you watch every single move people make for 12 months. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's ultimately likely not going to help you determine who, who you want to vote for any more than, you know, taking the time to just properly research yourself for a few hours. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about like, I mean, even, I don't know, growing up like back so I'm from a super small town, so we don't have a ton of cable options. Like I, we didn't even have satellite TV for a while, but like the only news that you got was like your weekly paper, if you got that or daily paper, and then maybe you watched it in the evening. Like my parents didn't watch a ton of news, nor did we get a paper, but they got the Keister paper once a week and they read like the local news. Um, you know, like, it's just, I don't know, like it's just changed in terms of like everyone, you know, I feel like we all feel like we need to be plugged in. And I feel this can all tie back to social media because we kind of are our own broadcasters. Now we can broadcast our own show and our own everything to the world. And so then there's just so many stations for people to tune into. And unless we really unplug, we don't even notice that we're doing that. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that we need to be really mindful as well about um, how much we're sharing of ourselves yeah. and of our own lives, because I've, I've talked about this before in my podcast as well, that um, my partner prefers to stay hidden in all aspects of my, of my online business. <laughs> and he's so supportive of me, but he is not a fan of uh, being included in the social media side of things because his opinion, and I've, I've learned a lot from him about this, um, is that it takes away from the intimacy of even kind of the most basic moments. 
And I think that that's really true. And I don't think that that's being acknowledged often enough that, you know, Instagram doesn't need to know what you eat for every meal, right? Like Mm -hmm. we, we don't need to know that it doesn't have to be that way. And sometimes I think that we place these, these self-imposed rules on ourselves that we feel like we can't break, but it's entirely up to you. Like you get to choose, you get to decide what to post, what not to post, what to consume from elsewhere in the world, uh, whether it's your neighbor down the street or it's somewhere in a different country. Like we get to choose how we consume that. And we get to choose those boundaries and putting up boundaries around that is going to put yourself in a bit of a protective bubble that can help keep your anxiety lower and your stress kind of at bay or at ease because it, it's going to really make a big difference. Making your own rules and deciding what is best for you is going to make the biggest difference by far. Yes. I mean, like I, well, when this airs, who knows if or when I'll be back on social media. So as we're doing this, <laughs> I'm still in the midst of my break. And I was telling Emily before, I was like, I'm not sure when or if I will want to get back on. Like it's just been so freeing to like just completely be off of it and Um, I mean, it's really helped me kind of notice what else I'm consuming. Cause I think sometimes again, when we're in that just daily seeing everyone's, um, everything and daily move, we don't even realize that that's trickled into other areas of our lives where if I had a free moment, I would just pop open, um, my browser and I would be on like a news site. Cause I'm like, Oh, let me refresh or on my phone, like listening to all sorts of podcasts. Like I was trying to fill my time with other things. And I'm like, this is all just wasting the time that I have, like I could be doing stuff. And so instead of that, like when I'm on Pinterest, I'm like, I have all of these different um, recipes in terms of like making teas and I really want to study more herbs. And so I'm like, I could be filling my time with that and actually learning something. And that's what I've been doing. And that's something that um, like we don't even realize we can fill up our time with other things or other interests that maybe have been sitting dormant and we just haven't like sparked the interest or time to get them going again. Yeah. And actually using that time to do something like that, that you enjoy that actually recharges your battery. Because I heard somebody say this, um, in the past few months, I don't remember where I heard it, but they were saying, if all you have energy for is to scroll social media or watch Netflix, then you need to just go to bed. Like, and I was like, that is so true because how many times will be, you know, I don't know, seven or eight o'clock at night, we might be worn out from a long day or something like that. And all we feel like we have the energy to do is, you know, binge watch some movies or scroll social media. If you're that tired, just go to bed because then you will feel so much more refreshed in the morning because you will have gotten a little bit of extra sleep and probably better quality sleep if you're shutting off your screens earlier in the evening as well. And I think that we are just, um, we aren't focusing enough on the activities that are actually going to recharge us, whether that's sleep or it's just, you know, a hobby that you really enjoy or something like that. That at the end of the day, social media drains our battery. It doesn't yeah. fill it up. So we no. have to be really mindful of that. I mean, and that's something too, that like, so if you take this time, so like, again, like this is probably taking me, I'm like, uh, right at this time that we're talking I'm about a month into my social media detox and, uh, it probably has taken me almost a month before I found like my passion or wanting to dive into herbs. So like, if you take the break and you're like, I don't feel inspired, I feel like kind of like a little lost in terms of like what you actually want to do. 
I would say that's totally normal because we sometimes we're that disconnected from ourselves and we might not even realize it. Like I thought I was pretty connected and then I took the break for this long. And I'm like, wow, I really have some work to do before I actually now feel much better. But it's like a month of like, huh, what should I do? And that can be like kind of the where, well, let me just, you know, download the app again and get back on. And that sometimes I feel like might be what happens to a lot of people is we just don't know what to do, but you have to give it some time. And it's such a habit too. That's something yes. that I'm always aware of whenever I, it's, I, I'm pretty strict on anytime I take vacation. Um, I, I usually am very strict that if I, if I do have my phone on, it's just to take photos. And if I'm going to post anything, which I often will go for like a couple days without posting anything. But if I do, I will set aside like half an hour and then just post everything kind of all at once on stories or, or whatever. And then I shut it down again so that I'm not just on it all the time because I want to be really fully present. But it's so obvious to me in those moments, like how many times in a day I, I reach for my phone and then I go to go on social media just purely out of habit. I might've just been on it five minutes ago. Like nothing has changed. It's what like you were saying about refreshing the, the news um, constantly, right? It's, it's a habit. It's almost become ingrained in us and we aren't even conscious of it anymore because yeah. we've done it so many times. That's just all we know to do. So I'm not surprised it took you some time to figure out what else it was you, you wanted to be doing with your time. Like I'm sure that it would for me as well, because it, it's a total game changer when you're on vacation. It's a little bit different because it's like new things to see or whatever, but when you are just still in your normal life, but you take away an aspect of it, like the social media, you have to really rethink things and be really yes. conscious about it. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm in the space of like, do I want to return or not? You're like, I'm really enjoying this. Like I finally figured out like what I like doing and now I have to have time to do all of this. And so like, that's the other side, like then you'll lose that time for yourself and then you'd rather be on social media. Exactly. We're you just, know? yeah, we're going backwards. It's, yes. it's even worse than it would be otherwise. And again, then that's one of the other many reasons why things like anxiety and stress increase because yes. the time that we do have for ourselves, we're, we're wasting it. And then we tell ourselves, oh, we're so busy. Mm. I don't have time for that. Well, what else are, what else are you doing though? Really? <laughs> if we're really honest with ourselves and it's hard to, to look in the mirror sometimes, or I have the, the moment app set up on my phone and it will tell me, how many times I've picked up my phone in a day, how long I've spent on it, uh, how much time I've spent on different apps. It's a little frightening sometimes, <laughs> like a little frightening. There have been days where I was, I don't know what, like super bored or what. I spent like four hours on Instagram. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Dang. Yeah, <laughs> you think about that, you're like, wow. Four yeah, like what else could I do with four hours? Are you joking? Like I did nothing on Instagram in four hours. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. <laughs> And that's like the whole like mindset shift and just like a lifestyle shift. And those are not easy and they're uncomfortable. Um, do you have any tips for someone like maybe who wants to make that, like just shift to be more conscious about what they're doing? Cause I feel like you are, you do a really good job of that. And, you know, just in talking, you know, before we even recorded just about your boundaries, do you have any like tips for someone who's like, okay, I need, I need to get a little bit more present in my life. I feel like Actually, one of the first things that I would suggest is installing that app on your phone, mm -hmm. uh, the Moment app for sure. I mean, that's not going to help with you know the TV or something like that, but our phones are usually our biggest time sucks. So I would definitely start with the app. And I've, I've talked to people who were like, I'm, I'm afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you because I was a little bit worried about it too. But if you're concerned about it, you already have your answer. 
that you know that you're spending more time on there than than you want to be. Yeah. And you maybe aren't sure what else you would do. So if if you're concerned about it, that might actually be all all the indication you need to start making some changes. I mean, I would really recommend doing some digital detoxes too. If you, yes. you know, you might not have to necessarily shut your phone completely off, but then at, at the very least delete the apps. So yeah. completely delete the Facebook, Instagram, whatever else sucks you in, delete those apps entirely. Um, Andrea, you were saying actually that you, you installed like a news blocker on your I did. Yes. On my Google Chrome. Like yes. I, and you can set certain websites. So maybe if for you, if you're like on your browser, like I personally logged out of my Facebook and my password is so hard. I don't remember it, but like, if that could be your thing is you can set time limits if you have the Google Chrome browser. So you can set certain time limits where you don't go on there or you just can completely like shut down that website. So for me, like if I try to go to a news site, it goes right to my andreaclawson.com. So I'm like, well, great. I can work on a blog. So like, Mm -hmm. that's how I've done it. And I think that could be helpful for someone who might be like just on their browser and maybe they've deleted the apps and they're on their computer trying to get to Facebook or whatever. They can kind of detour themselves that way. Oh, I love that. No, I think that's a great plan. Something else I've been doing recently with a lot of success is keeping, I turn my, my phone on uh, airplane mode, usually when I go to bed Yeah, and I don't, I don't take it off until after I'm done my morning routine because what I found I was doing was I was getting sucked in multiple times in the morning. So as soon as I got up, I would immediately check email, which Mm -hmm. even though I knew I already knew it was bad. It's like, I couldn't help myself. I would see that the number had gone up and I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) So That was one problem. And then if I didn't feel particularly motivated to get to the gym, usually by the time I went through emails and stuff, it would delay when I could even get to the gym. So then if I still managed to squeeze in the gym, it was going to be like a shorter workout than what I would have wanted to have done. And when I got to the gym, if I wasn't feeling particularly motivated to be there, I would sit in the parking lot and scroll Instagram. And I'm like, this is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. What am I thinking? So I've had a lot of success with this that I have started turning my phone on airplane mode the night before. And it does not come off until I am done my morning routine and like making breakfast or something like that. Like whenever, whatever time I I deem it appropriate, but I make sure that I've checked everything else off my list that I know that I really, really want to get done before I start letting the world in. And it's, it's been awesome because I was just getting so annoyed with myself. I'm like, why am I coming to the gym? If I'm going to scroll Instagram in the parking lot, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and usually I'm, I'm sure if anyone really needs to get a hold of you, um, like usually people, we don't like, I think in our heads, we're like, what if there's something could be wrong? And you're like, okay, the odds of that happening are not very high. So that's the other side of the coin. Exactly. And it's funny when I, when I, uh, I've actually posted on, on Instagram, ironically, um, <laughs> that I had done a digital detox the other day. And I said that I completely shut my phone off and somebody commented underneath that how awesome they thought that was, but they didn't think they could ever do that because what if there's an emergency? And that was my thought as well. As I'm like, I know that emergencies come up when we don't expect them to. Like, of course, that, yep. that's the whole idea of, of the entire definition of an emergency. But really, if somebody needs to get a hold of you that badly, there are other ways to do it. Yeah. We've just come to only rely on our cell phones. And yes. there are other ways that we can reach people. It doesn't always have to be cell phones. Like, People still manage to reach each other in an emergency long before the days of cell phones. 
Yeah. We might have to go back a bit and get a little creative, but we, we don't have to feel like it, almost this scarcity around our cell phones. Like if I'm without it, you know, nobody can reach me. When was the last time somebody called you about an emergency? Hopefully not recently, yeah. <laughs> but you know, for, for the average person, I think it's safe to say that it, it rarely ever happens. So I think we need to really take that into consideration and, and almost, you know, look at the realistic numbers around that before we start to freak ourselves out because then that can just increase stress even more. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you from my husband who does not answer his phone or return text very often. Neither <laughs> does mine. <laughs> and they all like, they'll contact me. If it's important, they start to contact me. And so then I'm like, okay, call so-and-so. Like it, it, it happens. It works just fine. Like, and that's the other thing is again, people will figure it out. If they need to get in contact with you, they'll figure it out. My husband just looked into my office. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't even know that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had the same thing happen with my partner too. It's so funny. <laughs> there are ways to do it. Like we, we made it this far in human life without cell phones. We can survive for, you know, a few hours without them. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, well, Emily, I want to kind of wrap up by having people um, just tell us a little bit more about your podcast, Room to Grow, and where they can find you and what your podcast is about. Oh, yes. So my podcast is all about um, kind of reducing things like, like stress and anxiety in uh, really healthy ways and using tools like nutrition and mindset, all of those different things that can really shift how you think about yourself, um, you know, improve your confidence, really empower you to live the life that you want. And I also do talk about entrepreneurship uh, fairly regularly as well. I, I interview some really awesome female entrepreneurs like Andrea. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's definitely some great, great stuff over there. It's totally my baby. Uh, I, I love my podcast. So it's over at Room to Grow. Um, and room to grow podcast.com. You can find everything over there. I also still uh, work with clients, obviously, uh, one on one for both nutrition um, and sort of lifestyle, as well as the podcasting coaching, too. So, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, one final question for you is yeah. I always like to wrap up with a weekly challenge, which you might remember. Ooh. So, uh, what would you like this weekly challenge for everyone to be this week? I want. I want people to play with either a digital detox completely or practicing uh, turning your phone on airplane mode until you have accomplished what you want to first thing in the morning. All those things that are going to fill you up, whether that's like journaling, a workout, a walk, you know, a meal with a loved one, um, meditating, yoga, whatever that is for you, whatever your sort of ideal morning routine is. I want to challenge you to actually complete that and keep your phone on airplane mode until you're done. I love it. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we've had that one as a challenge. So I love awesome. I'm all about that. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Andrea. This has just been so much fun. And yeah, I, I, I love talking about all of the things that we've covered today. So this has just been an extra treat for me. <laughs> oh, thanks, Emily. I've enjoyed it as well. I don't think I've talked about social media too much on the podcast. So this will be, this will be a fun one for everyone to tune into. Hopefully you guys all liked it as much as Emily and I did talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Emily. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. 
And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.